I'm your host, Riem Zin Labidin, and you are listening to Tech Tag Podcast. Today, our guest is Becca Williams. She's a senior tech recruiter for functional programming at Wave Talent. I'm excited to talk to her and to learn about her role. Let's meet with her and learn about her journey. Hello, Becca. I'm very happy to see you and to talk to you today. Uh, thanks for accepting the invitation and welcome to Tech Tech. Yo, thank you so much for having me. Um, I think it's definitely a different type of <laughs> podcast of what you're probably used to on Tech Tech. So I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for your time. And uh, to start, you can introduce yourself and what is your current role? Yeah, so um, I'm a senior recruiter. Uh, I've worked in solely sort of the functional programming space for two years now. Um, I'm also the lead when it comes to wave talent and our diversity and inclusion aspect of things. Um, and wave talent are a huge sort of recruitment firm within the UK. Um, but we have quite a few communities for people to sort of connect with each other. So myself and my colleague Olivia, who's also in, in functional programming, set up uh, Functional Females. So I'm also a, a co-founder of Functional Females. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about myself. <laughs> the first time uh, we got the chance to talk together was in the context of uh, Functional Female and I joined the community. And uh, I'm looking forward to talk about it in this episode uh, later. I'm interested to know how was your career path? How did you start towards this path? Because now you are working in a tech company, you are hiring people. And like, what is the motivation to take this path? Yeah, so it's um, a strange one for me because myself, when it comes to like education wise, I didn't get far in education. Like when I got uh, left secondary school or high school for most people, um, I went into college for just a few months. But then I worked full time from the age of 16. Um, I was really passionate like about the job that I had, which was at a theme park. And I just loved it so much. So for me, I was surrounded by like so many friends, like I was meeting new people all the time and I was making money. So at 16, that was definitely the preference for myself. But yeah, it was later on. It was only so two years ago, I was 24 when I um, got into recruitment. And it was a really sort of strange time for myself because I was in uh, pub work more than anything. But for me, the motivation was always how can I make as much money as possible, but enjoy my life as much as as possible as well. I've always been like someone that takes a job that is surrounded by a lot of people, like it's different every day and I can still sort of connect with new people every day. That's always been the sort of job that I've had. But yeah, I saw a job advertisement for recruitment and it was, you can earn a hundred thousand pound in a year and 
go to all of these countries and go on like lunch clubs to like different restaurants and it sounded incredible to me so yeah I jumped on a call with the founder of a upcoming sort of recruitment company that was specialized in Scala and yeah I think it sounded amazing to me like the thought of not only making a lot of money, but being surrounded by other people that had the same sort of drive as me to like connect with new people. I think technology sounded super frightening to me. Like it was something in my interview that I mentioned like three or four times. Like, I don't know anything about tech. Like, how am I going to do this job if I don't know tech? And it was always like, you'll learn like the basics of tech that you need to know, but it's all around sort of being a people person, like, communicating with people like being um like caring about people like that's recruitment as a whole it's it's speaking with people finding out their needs what they want what their drivers are as well and then finding the sort of perfect role for them so yeah it was uh, definitely a a journey and everyone says recruitment is like a roller coaster it really is there's a lot of ups and downs but uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And I've, I'm definitely happy that I've landed in a sector like functional programming and like Scala and Elixir and Rust. Like it's an amazing sort of area to be in for me. Yeah, that's really nice. When you started working, you automatically learned some technical uh, details about even about the job role that you are offering. Uh, you are working with different companies. Yeah, so we're an agency, so we do recruitment as a whole now. Um, we've got different like tribes, we're called. So there's like mm-hmm. a front end tribe we've got a back end tribe one for data engineering uh we've got a team that look after product and design but myself and two of my colleagues sit in the functional programming tribe so yeah we work with companies all across europe and we sort of find out that their technology is what they're working with and and we go out and we've got quite a good network when it comes to like scala developers elixir developers like haskell closure rust Um, But yeah, so I've learned a lot of things that I didn't know, especially when it comes to the sort of creation of of everyday technologies that I use. I can imagine, because also you need to uh, connect with people and to make sure that they will be uh, like a good fit for the offers. Yeah, like you can see within Scala, like you can't just find one Scala developer and they're good for a Scala role. Like there's so many different parts of the ecosystem that you really need to understand like which area someone fits in, or like what technologies they've got experience in and are they really going to be a good fit for that company? Yeah, your current company is, uh, this is the first and your current job, right, on this field? Um, no, it's my second. So the oh. the initial um, recruitment company that I worked for was Scala-focused only, so that was um, Umatar. Um, but I joined Wave Talent this year, which has just been amazing. Like they're very people focused. Like I think the the amount of communities that we have sort of shows like they build our not only client base but candidate pool by making connections. Like we're really encouraged to sort of get out there and meet people face to face. Like if we've got a candidate in the process, it's like okay, when you're, if you're in the office, like go out and have a coffee with that candidate if they live in London, if they're nearby. Like if someone's like around, like definitely like we're really encouraged to build long lasting relationships, which is amazing. Yeah, and you are also being a part of the organizers of different Scala events, right? And also other functional programming events. 
Yeah, so that's something that we've learned definitely with functional females. I think one of the sort of main reasons that we created this community is that I had been to technology events and Liv had been to them as well. And Mm -hmm. we had noticed that there was really like a huge difference with the amount of males at these conferences compared to females. Like I think there was a time an event that had like 300 developers and I met with about three or four females. So it was a huge thing for us to not only have a community where we can share events all the time and say like this event's coming up and have women be like, okay, well, if there are a few other women that are interested in going, like I'll go too. But also, um, yeah, like speaking with these events, like partnering and and pushing it out there to as many females as we can so that we could get awareness around these events and try and make a difference. I like this uh, initiative. Also, like the events, it needs to be more shared between people or populated and uh, having like a platform where you can check out what's going on in the community. Also, people will get more motivated to attend when they know that there are other people they know uh, are going. And uh, I can relate, there is less women in uh, different tech events. And because it's not motivating to know that you are going there and all of them are men. And it's myself, I experienced that. When I went to conferences, I didn't understand how to start the conversation. And I worried like if people will misinterpret, it's better to, to feel like there are more women there and can talk to people, different people there. Yeah, I completely agree. I think even like... I like going to Lamba Days like this year, they they did amazing sort of trying to make a difference there. But but I remember seeing like males that were there by themselves and it's and struggling to sort of make conversation or like go up to people and start. And I'm like, that's difficult for males. And I get that. But imagine being a female and knowing that you're like one of a hundred um, females mm-hmm. there, like it's the pressure is is 10 times more. But it was really nice actually there because we got one of our community leads, uh, Kim, we encouraged her to come and mm-hmm. also got her on, on one of the talks as well, which was amazing. Um, but we met with a few, I think there was like three or four um, women from Functional Females that were there. So it cool. was really nice to, to see that. And I think having more like females doing conference speaking or doing uh, like a panel discussion or something, I think it's amazing seeing that as well. Yes, exactly. I don't know, like this topic triggers me a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when you feel like you are uh, very different, you join the group of people and everyone is trying to figure out how to talk to you because you are very different. And sometimes people ask me weird questions because they are not used to see women there or I don't know approach the conversation I've had a lot of different conversations and uh, with a lot of women in tech now and I think the the experiences that are throughout tech are, are so like crazy but like some people they don't even realize that they're doing it or they don't even mean to like um treat women differently but I think it's just the way that that technology has always been sort of pushed forward for like men or like white men in particular it's like there's something that needs to sort of change for conversations to be had like internally like I remember one of the conversations being had at Lambda Days was that women get put 
to do like a lot of the glue work which is just like things that aren't in your job title and things that are just like everyone should be sort of coming together to do but they sort of put that on like the females to just do it because they're like okay well females have a sort of like nurturing side where they're happy to help whereas males are like known to be a bit more competitive or dominating so they they'll do all the sort of tough work so yeah like that's something that really needs to change and and it's crazy for me to sort of hear that 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 is something that a lot of females are facing yeah i agree i see that and also like there are some guys who are what is misogynist misogynist yeah i've had a lot of experience with those (laughs) yeah and these people can be exposed very easily if they are working in tech and with women they just get offended by just hearing a woman sharing a normal idea like they also do i wish there was a way to sort of spot it more often in tech companies or not so much spot it because females can spot it but it's it needs to be like addressed automatically and and it needs to be something that, that that doesn't sort of proceed because introducing other females to those companies and and them not understanding that they might be exposed to like misogynistic behavior like that is yeah it is terrible and it can do a lot of damage for women sort of staying in tech yes and this is like i feel uh, the company and also the hiring managers uh, have like a really uh, an impact on this they can make sure that everyone is doing good work and collaboration together etc is it part of your job also like to follow up with the people who got hired and and also the companies so i will always sort of stay in contact with like people that i've placed just because like i obviously want to make sure that they're happy in the company everything's going well for them um and also like you never know when they may need your help again like it's always good to sort of stay connected and yeah continue that sort of connection with them um but yeah i think most recruitment companies they have like a three-month window where if they leave their company in three months then they have to refill them or they have to give like their recruitment feedback so you'll see a lot of recruiters that probably would stay in touch with their candidates for three months and then you probably won't hear from them again (laughs) and uh, I used to to see like uh, a company that have like a human resource team and it's the same company but uh, your role is working on the recruitment company Mm -hmm. that collaborate with different companies and is there like some team events with them or it is only like with your uh, own yeah so it does vary definitely i think a lot of recruitment companies they probably won't have many events with their with their clients with the companies that they work for um i know with us sometimes we do try to collaborate and do like meetups or like collaborate on events and stuff together um that's something that we try to do as often as possible but it's not common like the meetups are usually just like an online meeting just chat with the team find out how the hiring's going like how the pipeline is with the current candidates that they've introduced and if there's any changes or anything that they they need but mainly all of the team events like within recruitment sort of stay within their recruitment teams nice connecting with people in your team also helps to learn from their experience with different candidates yeah 
I think as well, um, it makes a big difference because I always see what diversity and inclusion like does for big companies, like and and the effect it has on them is so good. Like it helps that like our company, Wave Talent, that like, we're a super diverse company ourselves. That like, we we have a 50-50 split. I think we may have one extra female actually than male, which is really good because recruitment as a whole again is really really male dominated um Mm. but yeah we have a complete 50 50 split and we've got a very sort of ethnically diverse company as well so it's good when it comes to collaboration like there's so many like different ideas that come about like every time we're in the office like we've got meetings back to back in our diary for like training sessions and like group meetings and if one of us is like oh I had a really good chat with this candidate and it went really well like this is what I done then everyone's like okay can you do a training session on that please and then we'll all jump on it which is amazing oh that's really cool and uh when uh, you have this hiring process is it's mostly like the first step with the candidate but then later the technical interviews will be done by, by the companies yeah, so we usually do a, a screening with the candidates. So we we go out onto the market and find all of the candidates for them. We'll do a, a first like sort of screening call and make sure that the candidate's right for the company. And then once we've we've made all those judgments, like we'll introduce them to the company and then like help the process throughout. So if we'll understand how many interview processes they have what sort of prep to give the candidate like going into the interview we'll let them know what the technical stage is like what to sort of brush up on and then at the end we'll also help the candidate sort of negotiate to make sure that they have the right salary and then once they've signed their contract then yeah of course they'll they'll join the the company cool would you like to share some of the goals that or like the next steps you would like to do in the future? Yeah. So um one of them, like of course with with functional females, like it's still growing as much as possible. I think we're around a hundred members at the moment. Um, but we want to have a, a meetup for functional females like to like discuss the 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 challenges within tech but also the the successes for females in tech and also introduce them to any companies that they um might be interested in like do potentially like cv training sessions or like give them sort of advice when it comes to recruitment that we can do but also just have a space where everyone can sort of connect and come together i think that was one of the main goals like in making functional females I think there's so many discord chats or reddit chats and for me as a female like I'm not even in tech but for me as a female like I've had weird messages over LinkedIn weird messages over like discord or reddit and it's like for functional females it's a safe space like that's not what what anyone's here for like we want to respect each other but also like having those connections and in such a niche area like functional programming is so important so yeah having a meetup will be at on the radar hopefully for this year or early next year um but yeah we just want to grow but also I just want to help as many companies as possible really understand like the importance of diversity and inclusion like it's something especially this last quarter that I've dug into so much I've 
created like a whole sort of training like sort of pack for companies when it comes to this space like I'm really passionate about that I think that not only sort of building a diverse team within tech which is an area that's so like white male dominated like but also like retaining that like the amount of articles that I've seen around like women that will fall out of tech by the age of like 35 because they're either not respected or not looked after or Mm. or aren't given like the the things that they need to be supported like is awful so for me like if I can help as many companies as possible like not only build a diverse team but retain a diverse team then that's the sort of main goal for me yeah that's really great because it will help a lot and we need that like it's very important to speak up and to find people like you that will support this mission and yeah it's something yeah that I'm I'm putting like myself is a non-negotiable for me to make sure that there's a focus right now every female like candidate that I speak with like not only am I introducing them to the companies that I know but I'm making sure I go out there and I find the company that is sort of perfect for them and and make that introduction and and also where I've created functional females now and I have a, a dedicated sort of space there like whenever I have a new role that does fall on my desk like that's the first place that I'll go to say like hey ladies like I want to make sure if you're looking for a role and if that's interesting to you before I go out there and and message the thousands of males that have already probably been messaged about three times four times today about a role you know (laughs) yeah like the people there have um, the first chance to see these uh, nice offers yeah, I think it, it's definitely an area that, that companies can improve. But I've seen it a lot recently, like being able to help companies that really do want to sort of make a difference, like just giving them advice. And and sometimes it's not going to be your 10 out of 10 candidate, but they can be a 10 out of 10 candidate if you give them a chance like within the company. Like it's just finding um, a balance, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I remember you and also your colleague share a lot of uh, advice during um, interviews, etc. It would be valuable also in this uh, session if you would like to share some of the tips. Like there are people who are, for example, looking for a job. I usually care about the people who are starting their journey. Do you have some uh, tips like for them for their first interviews? Yeah, so I've spoken with a few sort of junior candidates and it's quite frustrating for us because I know that our partners, like they come to us as a recruitment partner to provide them with like senior level or Uh above uh, CVs. But I do what I can to sort of help those junior developers sort of start out. I would say one of my biggest pieces of advice is like staying up to date with current technologies that are coming out there and making sure that you're playing about with them like on GitHub and you have open source. Like that's always going to be like a standout thing for companies like any candidate or pro- or um, developer that has a GitHub profile with open source to show that they've sort of tried to learn new technologies. It's amazing. And not only that, like if you have like some really strong work on there, it can also sort of skip a step sometimes on when it comes to the interview process. I've seen multiple times where developers that would usually get a seven, eight hour take home assignment to do they've just skipped that stage because they've they've looked through the the work that they've done 
Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a huge one. Um, also, I'd say making sure that your LinkedIn profile is very neat. It sounds awful, but in English, but because there's so many remote opportunities now, like from people in the US that are hiring across Europe, like just fully remote European companies, like it's best to have your your LinkedIn in English so that you you open up a scope of people that are going to be reaching out to you um but yeah I would say always just sort of a small brief discussion on the project you're working on and then like a list of all of the key technologies that you're using but yeah try and keep your LinkedIn as neat as possible um but yeah I'd say the main piece of advice is just like getting out there and making connections like like whether it's a community like functional females or whether it's uh, a discord chat or a reddit chat or whether it's just connecting with people on LinkedIn and and Mm -hmm. reaching out like I think you'll stay in someone's mind like if someone's not hiring right now like they'll remember the person that put the effort into reaching out to them on LinkedIn to let them know that they were starting their journey and that they've seen like about the company like just put yourself out there as much as you can. Yeah that's true um have you encountered some uh, obstacles or like difficulties with the candidates or during your job in general and you can share about them oh yeah I've loads <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think um as i mentioned before like recruitment is is said to be like a roller coaster there's so many like ups and downs like one week like you can like have loads of final interviews happen and then and get loads of offers on the table and things are looking great and then the next week like someone's accepted a counter offer and someone else has accepted another offer and someone else has just dropped out because they don't fancy it like it, oh. it you just never really know like there's sales aspect and there's also like selling a human to a company and then selling a company, a culture, like a mission, a technology and the team to a, a person as well. So there's there's a lot of variables when it comes to it. But I say there was a one that really stuck in my mind because there was one time that I spoke with a really great candidate and I listed off the companies that I thought would be the best fitting for him. And I said, these are my three clients I'm working with at the moment. Like, I think that these two are really, really a good fit for you. And he was like, you know what? I like one of them, but one of them I don't like at all. And I was like, no, I think like from what you've said to me, like, I think that it will be great fit for you because uh, they use like Scala and Acker heavily. Like they are a really fast growing company. Like they've hired um, developers that you've worked with in the past. Like you've got team members that work there. Like you would really enjoy it. And he was like, no, I don't want to, but thank you. And I said, you know what, like just speak with your ex-colleague and and find out how he finds it and then come back to me and we can make the introduction if, if you want to and he was like okay I'll do that and then he spoke with his colleague and got his colleague to introduce him to the company so ah. as soon as that happens then I'm like cut out of the picture like he's just in the process with with that company but because he was still Um, speaking with me about the other company I was helping him through that interview process and also through the other interview process 
because it was a company that I knew a lot about. So I was I was giving him advice on the recruitment process. And yeah, he ended up go- joining that company. And um, I lost out on a lot of money <laughs> because of it. But it was a bit sad because he didn't understand, like, I didn't mention it to him. I said, like, you told me at the start that you didn't want this company. And now you've you've gone separately and been introduced, even though I showed you the company. And yeah, he I, I was happy for him because he joined the company and and I think he's still there now. So he's still happy. But yeah, it's very frustrating for someone like myself that puts a lot of effort into the process and yeah, doesn't see anything at the end of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine how this uh, causes uh, some... Um... Definitely frustrating, but like at the end of it, like I just had to, yeah, sort of take a deep breath and just say, okay, tomorrow's a new day, but like, well done and congratulations on on getting your new job. And yeah, I mean, he's happy now. So I guess mm-hmm. it worked out well for him. <laughs> and uh, uh, like this question came up now. It's about uh, when someone uh, gets hired through uh, your company, would it be like um, a contract with a hiring company or would it be just with the company? Uh, itself yeah so we um sign a contract with the whole company so it's like a an agreement that our our company partners with their company and then anyone that we introduce them to like they will pay us a fee if they um join the company and uh like the candidate would be like a part of the consultancy um or yeah So some some recruitment companies work on like a contract basis. So mm-hmm. it's like they would hire them for that company, but the recruitment company would payroll them every um like sort of week and give them the their wages and then and then the company pays the recruitment company. But the way that we work is just a permanent placement. So they just pay us a fee and then they join the company and they it doesn't have anything to do with us. It just oh. basically they sign the contract straight with the company. Oh, cool. I understand. What is your current challenge that is like that challenges you to work harder and to to grow? So I'd say when I started out, like the, the challenge of technology as a whole was was massive for me. I think it took me probably about two months to really like jump on the calls and be really confident in talking about technology when I knew like sort of the things that I was looking out for. Um, but yeah, that I wasn't like I'm quite a confident person, but going on those first few calls, like I was really like in my shell because I didn't want to say something that made me sound stupid um, because like the whole idea of technology and the, the back end development and hearing all the languages and the frameworks, like it was so out of my um, like comfort zone. Um, so yeah, I would say just just working within tech as a whole, like is definitely like something that makes me grow. But I'd say each rejection that I get as well is is definitely a challenge that that helps me grow. Like the first time that someone took a counter offer, I was so surprised. But now, when whenever anyone considers a counter offer, is thinking about it, I know exactly sort of what to, needs to be discussed with someone. Like, do they understand? Like, are they still like not going to get all those things that they mentioned on the first call the reasons why they were leaving like have they all been addressed like because a counter offer is more money but are you going to get the opportunity to progress into leadership are you going to get 
like a diverse team like what are those those were the main like things that sort of made someone leave but yeah I'm much more confident now when it comes to someone going through that experience but I think each rejection that I get like there's not too many like it sounds terrible if I say that everyone everyone rejects their offers but like every time someone does reject an offer like it makes me more confident going into another offer knowing that I can help someone a lot more by understanding the way that they feel. Yeah. And uh, I found it really cool that before starting your uh, journey in this field, you already know yourself that you like to connect with people and uh, you are continuing on this and you, you have a mission to include more women and to have more diversity in tech and you are participating on that yeah it's really uh inspiring to see that oh thank you so much i'd say like there's there's been so many experiences that i've had in my life that like i mean not only being a female but also being a person of color and there are a lot of things that have just made me realize like the importance of sort of fighting for something that you are really passionate about and and yeah it helps me be better at my job as well because i still have that sort of passion behind it yeah and i can see that passion and uh Yeah, I think it also makes the people who have like different backgrounds more comfortable to collaborate with you because I myself feel that I can um, trust your mission and I can uh, join your events. I can uh, be uh, comfortable. Oh, I love that. I think there's the best th the best thing to do is like always just be yourself and I think yeah, that's what I'm grateful for because everyone that I collaborate with whether that's my my sort of the candidates I speak to or the clients that I work with like I just hope that every day like I just still portray my best self and that everyone can sort of trust me yeah uh, it's important um the last part of uh, this episode is uh, to ask you about like do you have something that you wished you have known before during your journey that could help people to learn from I would um I mean it's probably been sort of the, the theme of this sort of chat but I'd say like my the main thing that I would sort of say to myself when I was younger is just never ever stop making like new connections like that's so important like not only is it going to help you so much more later on down the line but like you never know when you like might need that advice from someone or whether like they might be that helping hand like later on down the line like I think I don't know if it's a UK saying or if it's like global that it's like it's about the people that you know uh, more than what you know oh yeah it's it's not what you know it's who you know I really believe in that like I think like if I've made like connections everywhere that I've gone like then I've got a lot more chance of getting further in life it's very valuable uh to have connections And it brings more opportunities. That's really uh, nice advice. Thanks a lot for your time and for this awesome conversation. Thank you so much for having me. As I mentioned, it's a, a little bit outside of the box. But yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you so much. I'm happy to have you. Have a nice evening. <laughs> you too. I'm looking forward to our next episode with a new guest and new inspiring story. Until then, stay safe and stay tuned to our next episode. Tic Tac, tackle the inspiration.